Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everyone, this week's episode comes after many requests from you, my subscribers, to hear more on the topic of endometriosis, a condition that affects 1 in 10 women in the UK. Today's guest is the beautiful Lauren Colford. She's a model, but also works for full-time, I just heard, in an investment company. And I'd say you're a campaigner for endometriosis and more research around the condition, right? Yeah, definitely in the last six months, that's for sure. Lauren, welcome to How Are You, the wellbeing podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really exciting. Thanks so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so excited to hear more about endometriosis. I grew up familiar with the word. My mum has it. She's had a few operations and there's like so much around it um, to do with infertility and I mean the different symptoms and just the the, the pain and discomfort it can cause um, women. My mum had four kids, so it didn't affect her fertility and to be honest I was so young and I've still never really asked her that many questions about it so I'm here today to just listen to your journey to learn more about it educate the listeners there might be people listening that feel like it's something that they need to go and get checked so um, I'm really excited basically this is going to be a massive lesson and yeah let's get cracking I've got so many questions to ask but before I ask anything on endometriosis it's so important for me to ask my guests how they are how are you how are you how are you feeling Lauren? I am I'm doing good it's I, I had surgery about 15 16 weeks ago so if you'd asked me that a few weeks ago, I might have said something different. But at this moment in time, I I moved quite recently as well. Um, so that's, you know, stressful kind of thing to do in life. But now that I'm, the gym's open, I've been loving going back to the gym. So I've kind of right. got my me time in the swing of things with work and just feeling better in general since surgery. So yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Felt really overwhelmed yesterday. But feeling a lot better today, despite having, I think I've got a cold. I don't know. Can't believe it. It's come out of nowhere. It means I had to cancel netball. So I'm a bit gutted about that. I don't, I feel bad about being around anyone if I've got a cold or anything now because of COVID. Yeah. Like, I just feel like it's just a no-go. So cancel netball. But do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to rest tonight. It's been quite a hectic few weeks, but yeah, all good. All good. Excited. I haven't recorded an episode in quite a while. So this is, well, obviously they come out weekly, but I tend to do big clusters because that's how I manage my time with Macy. Um, So I'm really excited to get behind the mic again. And um, it's such an interesting topic. And how are you is all about 
health and well-being um and I can imagine endometriosis has a real effect not just on you physically but mentally as well yeah yeah definitely does you're playing advocate for yourself so much you might have your surgery you might finally find the specialist it's not a curable disease it's it doesn't really leave you so you've always second guessing any new symptom any new twinge like oh what was that is it my ovary it it can be exhausting. Sometimes they have to disconnect and just try to rem- remind yourself that you can't control absolutely everything. Mm. Take a step back. So before we go any further, in case anyone listening doesn't actually know what endometriosis is, can you tell me what it is, basically? So endometriosis, the cause is unknown. There's many theories as to why it comes about. But what it essentially is, is tissue very similar to the lining of the endometrium, which is the lining of our uterus that builds every month in preparation for either pregnancy. And um, But if you don't get pregnant, you obviously have a period, your lining sheds. So endometriosis, it's not the same as the tissues of the endometrium, the lining, but it's similar in pathology. But ultimately, where obviously your endometrium is inside your uterus, endometriosis, that similar tissue is found in different parts of your body. It's been found in every organ of the body, every single one you can think of. And it causes, you know, it causes chronic pain. Infertility is something else it can cause. And damage to organs, which is something that I found out the hard way about. Um, And it's one in 10 uh, people assigned female at birth are affected. So it's quite common. It's not not that rare. If you know 10 women or 10, you know, it, you'll know someone that has endometriosis. Yeah, a, a really good friend of mine has it quite bad. Yeah. Know, they've told her it's attached to a lot of her organs um, and she's been in a lot of pain with it. Yeah, and it's not nice to hear. It's not nice to, to know that like friends and family members and just that many women are like going through something that needs more like I know you're you've got a petition out there but it does need more research you know when it's not it's not curable and it's affecting that many women's lives absolutely it's frustrating and we weren't it's what I think one of the big things I look back on why it's so frustrating is where was the education about it when I was in school all I remember being taught in school was yeah, your periods are going to hurt. That's just the way it is. That's just because your uterus cramps in order for you to um, shed the lining of your uterus to have a period. So they're telling us from day one, it's meant to be painful. And actually, it's not. You'll speak to many people who have never had a painful period. You might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but we're talking about genuine pain on the pain scale, needing painkillers that you can't just pop to boots and get the ibuprofen, paracetamol. Your people are taking very strong painkillers and like hormones, they they help because they can prevent you bleeding, but they don't actually prevent endometriosis. And that's something that's commonly misinformed to so many people going to their doctor about endometriosis. Doctor says, here's a birth control pill, you'll be fine. Um, But all they're really doing is masking your symptoms. And in my case, I was on the pill on and off for goodness knows how long, really, maybe like 10 to 14 years. And yeah, I didn't really have much significant problems with my periods. I was just kind of got on with it, cramps. Um, but all, but in the background, you know, yeah. there's severe damage going on. And the problem with the hormones is they're masking 
the symptoms that actually could tell you something's wrong with your body. So there's nothing wrong with taking hormones for managing your pain, but you have to know what's wrong to begin with to know what to look out for. Yeah, what you That's need to know, what it about. is you're actually masking before masking Exactly. It. Yeah, I And I think people that. are, like doctors are very quick to, lots of people when their teens are going to their doctor about period pain and doctors are very quick to say, oh, here's a pill that should regulate your period and your period shouldn't be regulated by a fake hormone. No. They need to be looking into why is this, you know, young person coming to you with these problems? Actually listen to them, believe they're in pain and don't just give them a pill to mask it. Mm. And and how much does lifestyle play part in helping with symptoms and pain? Does 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 diet and exercise come into it at all? Oh, massively. Um, I think in terms of even just work, I'm very grateful that I work from home and I'm desk based because essentially I'm sitting down most of the time I'm resting. I imagine being on your feet a lot when you have endometriosis is that's quite a lot of stress in the body. Um, lots of people that I've connected with, like so many of us have cut gluten from our diet. That's a huge thing that a lot of people find works for them. It's not like, it's not something that's prescribed and say, do this and it's going to help. But gluten is a known inflammatory, uh, cause, uh, dairies quite, um, that, that can cause a lot of inflammatory issues for people because inflammation kind of exacerbates endometriosis as well. So anything you can do to reduce inflammation is going to help your symptoms. But again, it's not gonna, it's not going to help the endometriosis itself. Mm. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming stress then, like when you're stressed, I don't know, but the word inflammatory, I just think of stress. Like it's like, parts of your body are stressed so I I'm often I often find that when you feel mentally emotionally stressed physically it can have an effect on your body too yeah absolutely and you're stressed because you know that you're ill and that you know you you, you in my case I think I will always have this little mini fear of what organs next endo oh and hopefully it won't be because I, I know now, I know that what's happened, I'm going to be monitored regularly, but there are people that don't know enough about it. And I think education is, like I said, it's the, it's where it starts. Absolutely. Um, so tell us, you know, where it all began, like what made you get checked out? What were your symptoms? What was the final straw? What made the doctor say, right, we'll get you checked for endometriosis? Because I know, I think the average is like, take, it can take seven and a half years the average for yeah, a woman to actually be diagnosed so talk to us about your journey so if you go way way back to when I started my periods I think I was about 12 um and I don't remember anything from my teens being too significant in terms of I wasn't passing out in pain anything like that I think I just had crampy periods like a lot of people did and then but went to the doctor about you know this this kind of pain and was just instantly you know there you go here, the the pill will help with your periods and regulate that so that's kind of that and like most people we a lot of us probably spent years on the pill it was only really when i got to about my mid 20s i thought i don't want to take these pills anymore don't i just want to i want to see how my cycle actually gets on by itself and maybe like a year or two into that i actually realized oh do you know what my periods are quite painful so I was regularly medicating for them but you know over-the-counter stuff nothing special as time goes on um it's not not really doing much or you're having to I'm having to take it quite regularly to kind of take the edge off but because of education I just thought period pain was normal 
and I didn't know anything about endometriosis so I didn't know there could be something wrong it was just a few days a month I'll get on with it I'll be fine um my diagnosis was purely by chance really because I I was just happening to have um just some bleeding after sex and I went to see a gynecologist about that and she did a scan like a transvaginal scan this is where they put like the uh, the uh, ultrasound kind of probe inside you um and she just mentioned that she, she I remember mentioned that she mentioned that my left ovary was kind of a bit a bit hidden she could see a bit of it but a bit of it was kind of tucked away and there was like a small cyst I had a laparoscopy to remove that cyst in hindsight, I don't think that was necessary. Sits come and go mm. and can be quite harmless most of the time. Um, but it was also, she said, we'll, we'll do this. And then we also, you know, we'll have a look, see if anything else is going on. Um, but my period pain was never a factor in all of these investigations. Um, and the bleeding was just purely one of those side effects of when you come off the pill, you get something called cervical erosion. Um, and that can be easily sorted with cauterizing. So I always look back on my diagnosis as pure chance because I just happened to have a laparoscopy and the gynecologist was skilled enough to detect that I had endometriosis, but they were never going in there looking for it. Wow. But again, in hindsight, I also think as a gynecologist, if you knew my ovary was kind of tucked out of place, you must have had reason to suspect that something mm. was sticking it away from where mm. it should be. So it gets me questioning these things quite a lot, but I try not to dwell on these <laughs> things too much. Um, so that was about four years ago. Okay. Um, and when I had that surgery, so I woke up from surgery and she said, oh, you have quite severe endometriosis but don't worry I've lasered it all off um your uterus is lovely and clear and you're absolutely fine and you know I, I thought okay great I have endometriosis and this lady has sorted me out I also knew a little bit about endometriosis to know that you probably have surgery every few years wow but I just didn't know very much um and I just kind of got on with life just thinking that was it but still not understanding mm -hmm what that could really mean for me and then things really came to a head last year I went on holiday and knowing my cycle I looked at my diary and I thought oh for goodness sake my period's gonna come right oh. in the middle of this holiday so um I was like oh is there a pill you can take to delay your period and there yeah. is I think it's called norethindrome something like that so I got that from Superdrug um and took it and had no problems during the holiday but when I came back and stop the pill my period just lasted ages and with that the pain was that much worse and I thought I had a UTI because I thought oh I'm just like I'm peeing quite frequently and I'm not feeling empty like something just really exacerbated from that period lasting longer and it made me think okay it's been over three years I think it's time to see someone else about my endometriosis um, I knew I didn't want to see that gynecologist again because she was definitely in the party of gynees that will tell you that getting pregnant cures your endometriosis which it absolutely does not um, so I, I thought about seeing somebody else and by chance that laparoscopy got cancelled because the gynecologist had been uh, exposed to someone with COVID. So I had to wait two more weeks. And in that two weeks, um, 
I posted about it. And this is why I, I've realized that sharing things about your health can only do you good and do others good, raising awareness and also just getting help for yourself. Because when I posted about having laparoscopy and wondered if people had questions about it, a friend of mine actually sent me a link to this Facebook page called Nancy's Nook and said, really recommend that you read up about endometriosis from this page. Um, it's quite a lot to take in, but, um, you know, really take your time having a look at the information. And I was mind blown because I realized that I was about to have a laparoscopy with a non-endometriosis specialist. There's this whole community of people across the world who work really hard to share lists of trusted surgeons. So that Nancy's Nook was kind of the beginning of my learning. There's another Facebook page, which I really, really recommend for, especially people in the UK. It's called Endo Revisited. These ladies have literally geeked out studying guidelines um, for, you know, NHS treatment pathways. And they're really helpful for people in the UK who are trying to get the right treatment. And yeah, from discovering these two communities online, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to see the wrong person. And I was also going private through insurance. And my insurance had told me you've got one one treatment because endometriosis is chronic. So most times insurers will only cover you for one treatment. And beyond that, you're kind of in the hands of the NHS. And given COVID times, yeah. you're talking about a long wait for elective surgeries at the moment. Um, so yeah, so like I did my research I found a specialist and I got myself booked in to see him within about three weeks which was good and before that I had a scan at a place in Harley Street their website is ultragyne.co.uk they're very they're very good and I, I recommend them because they are extremely knowledgeable in how to detect endometriosis via ultrasound Cool. It's not something just yeah. any stenographer can do and it's there. They are amazing at it. And I went to see went to see them, had a scan. Um during the scan, the uh the professor doing my scan said, Your ureter looks quite like misshapen and like ureters are meant to be like a straight line and yours is quite squiggly and it looks very dilated with fluid. I'm gonna check your kidney after. Um, and that was after he detected three nodules or lumps of endo um, in my pelvis, um, one of which being near that ureter and the other two being around the bowel or the rectum. Wow. So I had it confirmed just from a simple scan that I had deep infiltrating endometriosis and I needed to be seen to urgently. I didn't just have just endometriosis, yeah. like it was severe and impacting organs. And when he did the scan on my tummy to check the kidney, I'd never forget this moment. It's, uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a low point. It, he he put his hand on mine. He looked me in the eye, and he just said, "I'm really sorry. You've lost your kidney." And he showed me the screen, and you could just the kidney was just this massive black where it was just fluid. You couldn't even oh, see there was wow. an organ there. It was just yeah, filled with fluid. Um, and he showed me my right kidney to see what that would look like in comparison. And that was, you know, you go for a scan, you think, oh, yeah, just going to find out where what the endometriosis wow. is doing, not <laughs> I've lost a major organ. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a big wake up call for me. That was like, wow, I didn't know endometriosis could do this. Yeah. 
yeah I mean it's gonna say like people do say I've got endometriosis and it's almost like I've got PCOS like okay but actually bloody hell like what it can do and how it can change your life forever yeah and I I, it's crazy I'm I'm glad it was just my kidney and Mm. not anything else you know but I shouldn't be glad that it was just my kid because really in reality um the specialist that I saw thinks that the chances of that endometriosis affecting my ureter has probably been going on for years and it probably should have been spotted back in my original laparoscopy like so it's the scary thing is you you go and see someone who's not a true specialist and they miss stuff and they make you feel like you're okay and you're not yeah um but I had the surgery in February. I had the kidney removed and had my endometriosis excised, um, so that's excision surgery. So the, the difference between the laser surgery, which I had before, is they burn the surface of the endometriosis they can see. And also endometriosis isn't always a different, it's not always colored, it can be clear. So it's easily missed by the eye too. Um, so they, they can burn the surface, but like, like when you shave, you're taking the surface off and the root still remains. Mm. With excision, excision is about cutting it, hopefully from the root. So the chances of recurrence, it's no miracle. It um, it can come back, but the chances of it coming back are way lower than ablation slash laser is. So, yeah, it's um, it's been quite a journey wow. having major surgery, but... Um, very grateful they can do these things by keyhole. I know. Wow. Yeah. I saw your scars and like. Not bad. No. For a kidney removal. (laughs) Why don't they just stop doing laser and go straight for the, uh, I don't know what you called it, abrasion. It comes down to training. Excision is a whole new skill with a whole level of training. And I think with ablation, it's it's like the first level of specialist training for gynecologists who want to specialize in, um, you know, reproductive medicine, endometriosis. So I think that's the first thing they learn. It's, it's quicker. My, my, my laparoscopy in 2017 took 45 minutes. My laparoscopy this year took four hours. Obviously I had a combined case, but even if I just had excision, it probably would have taken a couple of hours at least. So and that's why it's important to get a specialist in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what if you can't go through private? Is it just a matter of waiting? But then, like, time can be of the essence. Absolutely, yeah. So if, you go, if, you, if you're privileged enough to go private, then, you know, absolutely do it if you can. Um, insurance can be funny as well because you don't want to have pre-existing conditions. So if you think that you might have something um, and it hasn't been diagnosed, it might be worth looking into before you do. Um, but with the NHS, there's categorically GPs as per the NICE guidelines. They're like the, they're, they're guidelines that are sent to all GP surgeries to advise them on treatment pathways for all kinds of illnesses. So at the endometriosis, NICE guidelines, they say a GP should refer anyone with suspected or confirmed endometriosis to a um, gynecologist with a special interest in endometriosis. But what we're still seeing so much of is that people are just being referred to general gynae. 
Um, so that's like a really, really important factor. And then if you have severe endometriosis, there are centres called BSGE centres. And they're dotted all across the UK, usually attached to um, larger hospitals. And they will have specialists that are trained to do excision. Um, I think you tend to find with going through the NHS is that a lot of the time with BSG centres, they'll probably excise severe endometriosis, like like the nodules, like I described that I had. But they might still use a combination of ablation as well. I think that's quite common practice in the UK. But excising... The severe stuff's very important as well. You've also got endometriomas, which are blood-filled cysts on the ovaries. So they are directly linked to severe endometriosis as well. So that usually would mean that it's classed as severe endometriosis and they can have a severe um, impact on your fertility if they're left untreated as well. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen, listen, bitch. Oh, listen, make, make, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Bear, in the <laughs> I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both <laughs> For the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm so let's glad go. no one can see me right now because I'm doing, I was doing some weird <laughs> dance moves. Yeah, nothing then, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's just a good goss you're after. Georgie Porter and Sharon Carpenter are your go-to girls on Loose Lips. So it's got mine... girth, though. It's got girth. Yeah. Mine, mine... mine is quite spindly and, and flaccid. This is like long. Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. If someone who's listening to this is in a position where, you know they're getting pains they want to be investigated they think they might have endometriosis and then they get referred to a gynecologist 
do they need to speak up and say, is this gynecologist endometriosis specialist or um, has interest in that? Do you speak up? Is that when you speak up or do you just trust? Like, what advice would you give them? I think from the off, it's... I, I, I personally, if I was starting from scratch and having to go to my GP to push for a, for a referral, I would maybe bring a copy of the NICE guidelines um, with me to an appointment. There's... Um, there's actually like I, I might have the link on a story highlight in my it's not the endo Instagram page um, it's very easily found on Google but sometimes GPs aren't reading these documents so if you're showing them this is what I need to be referred to it is the GP's responsibility to know who they're looking for mm. but once you have a name you could look them up and I think there are certain credentials to look out for like um, what they've studied off the top of my head I cannot remember but the endo revisitive group that I mentioned earlier, they have an amazing file about the UK treatment pathway and it tells you what to look for and to not be afraid to reject a referral to a general gynae. If, yeah. if you look at it and you're like, I'm not, this doesn't feel like I'm going to be seen by someone. Cause a lot of the time people are going in for diagnostic laparoscopies and they're having their diet the gynecologist performs it misses it because it's not their yeah. specialism to detect endometriosis and this happens this is happening now they are all really stretched as well so it's frustrating but it's also like especially with gps they have to know so much yeah must they're generalists. to like know everything about everything so definitely you would say do your research go prepared I think that seems to be the key. We, 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 we do need to take some of it into our own hands and not always fully, I know it might sound bad, but fully trusting the GP in front of you. They're still human at the end of the day. So go prepared. Yeah, they're still human. And like you say, it's not, they're not a specialist in everything and anything. So it's it's not it's not ideal though because no, not everyone yeah. is in a position to research a condition that they might the have to like confront exactly. the doctor about is this a specialist I want to see a spe some people don't have that confidence to be that forthcoming yeah it's difficult yeah for sure gosh what a journey by the way like to go from someone who just thinks they're just having normal period period pains to losing a kidney like gosh that is a whirlwind an absolute whirlwind that's um, crazy. I just wondered out of interest, is it genetic? Do you, do, do so, we know this? So, yeah, so the causes, it's still very inconclusive as to what they are. Um, there's multiple theories. Like there's a very old school theory um, about it being something called retrograde menstruation, which is where um, some, some, where the, you know, your period basically kind of goes back out into the pelvis. But there's a lot of evidence suggests that that's just completely wrong because a like we say endometriosis and the endometrium they're not the same and endometriosis doesn't if it shed like a period does at the end of the month then it wouldn't exist it would just disappear into nothing it would just be blood but you you have you don't where do these nodules come from because yeah. if they're shedding along with your cycle then then surely they would not be there um genetics is definitely it's I, I believe that it's been found in fetuses and generally yeah so there is definitely um there's statistics that say you know if your mum or your aunt someone in your direct family line has it chances of you having it also 
quite they're higher than what it would be naturally so yeah and in my case I've actually I only found this out after I knew about my diagnosis but um my nan's or my my dad's mum she has it and one of my aunts on my mum's side has it too so (laughs) my chances are very high of getting it so um, did they did they know before you had it or did they discover like because I know my mum has it and I've often suffered with my periods and I've I've never been checked so much since having a baby or whilst I was pregnant and stuff. And I know there was cysts one minute, next minute the cysts are gone. And then someone asked about endometriosis and I never really followed it up, which is really naughty. I think just because I was pregnant and then the baby comes and then you're just like focused on that. But I'm wondering whether it's worth me getting a check because my mum did have it and she's had a couple of uh, operations. She hasn't had one in a while though. I'm wondering whether she had it cut out. I think she had it lasered to start with. I do think she did get it cut out eventually. Um, mm. I need to ask her, but you've made me really think maybe it's something I need to, I, I need to look into myself um, with my mum being my mum and having it. It's probably yeah, not about no, totally. It, having when it comes to having surgery, there's three reasons why you'd want surgery is your pain stopping you from living your you know I mean just living a normal life is your fertility impacted and is your or are your organs impacted I think I don't know how keen especially if you're going through NHS route etc I don't know how quickly it would be to get a laparoscopy if those three boxes weren't ticked but painful periods that, that very much counts if you're you feel like you literally can't do anything on your period that's not normal you you should be able to get on and do the things you need to do the period shouldn't stop you from living and carrying out normal activities mine were a lot worse when I was younger they're they're a lot better now because there was talks of PCOS so what are the differences obviously there is a completely different condition PCOS is to do with cysts and pain but could people be confused of when they've got this severe pain, have I got PCOS? Have I got endometriosis? Because pain, p- painful periods and discomfort down there seems to be the familiar the b- symptom. What What's the difference in terms, is there a mm. symptom that, def- you know, differentiates the two? I know once you go with inside and a specialist looks at you, they can determine what you've got. But, mm. you know, if there's people listening to this and they're like, oh, have I got polycystic ovary syndrome? Have I got endometriosis? Yeah. Why am I experiencing this, this pain? So there's th- I'm going to add a third one into the mix. Oh, um, on. But we'll start with endo. Endo, the main, the main thing is, you know, it, it is pain, whether that's during your period. Ovulation pain is quite a common one as well. For some, In some people's case, it's constant pelvic pain. But it can also be, you know, like in my case where I thought I had a UTI, do you have, you know, oh bladder symptoms do you do you think that you have might have a UTI but it never always comes back clear you could have endometriosis on the bladder or you could have endometriosis on the ureter in you know it can just be again adding to inflammation which is why you're feeling these symptoms or it could be actually infiltrating the organ itself again with bowels a big um one of the like commonly missed reasons endometriosis gets missed is people actually um, um, given diagnosis of um, you know inflammatory bowel disease uh, Crohn's um, and IBS IBS is very common 
instant, oh, you must have IBS, when actually you could have endometriosis impacting your bowel. And in, in my case, oh. I mentioned I had endo in on the bowel. And I, I had very, like, very mild symptoms, I would say, but definitely, you know, you, you could go from, you could have diarrhea to constipation in one week, in one day, you could have shooting pains, um, that could mm. be shooting pains up your vagina, up your rectum, it, and they're, they're not automatically associated with endometriosis, but you have to remember endometriosis everywhere. Another one yeah. to think about with endometriosis is it actually can grow on your diaphragm or near your lungs. So right. there are symptoms um, like shortness of breath, rib pain, shoulder tip pain, especially with your cycle. So I think wow. if anyone is trying to think, work out if they have endometriosis, seeing if the pain or any symptoms that you're getting flag up, especially with your cycle, that's one that's one kind of way to kind of no- notice what's yeah. going on. But equally, endometriosis can affect you all month long. So Either way, if you're having random symptoms anywhere in your body, it's always worth checking them out. Um, With PCOS, I don't know. I actually think I might have it because it's one of those things you have to have two items out of a list of four, I think, to have it. So you have to have the appearance of polycystic ovaries. And they're not really cysts. They're just um, they're follicles on your ovaries that just contain their sacs of immature eggs. Um, but the appearance on an ultrasound, not actually to the eye, I believe, yeah, is what makes them look polycystic. Um, but the other symptoms are irregular periods, and that's something that I have, and um, high androgynous uh, hormones. I think and so. People feel like they they're hairier than maybe yeah. they should be, or spottier, and that's because yeah. of an imbalance of hormones. So that with PCOS, I think those are the kind of things to think about like do I have irregular periods am I getting hairier or yeah like peach um, fuzz and stuff like that yeah but like darker hair as well darker yeah yeah it's coarse isn't it it's quite coarse yeah it can be um and acne as well you know if you've never had if you never had spots before and all of a sudden like you're getting really oily skin acne you know that can be a sign of it too um I don't know about pelvic pain with PCOS, but I, I think I think that all sometimes a lot of these are like they're like best buddies, and you have one and yeah. you've definitely got another. And then the third one I wanted to throw into the mix is adenomyosis. It's kind of it's a it's like the horrible sister of endo. You think endo's bad, and you got oh God. I should say adenomyosis, not adenomyosis. So it's it's actually where the endometriums, that that lining, actually grows inside the muscle wall of the uterus itself. So it can give the uterus a bulky appearance. The only way it can be definitively uh, diagnosed is by having a hysterectomy. So you don't really want to just have a hysterectomy to find out if you had adenomyosis. It can be seen on scans and MRIs. um, But that I'd say the biggest symptom that seems to come up with a lot of people I know that have it, it's um, like very heavy clotting with their periods. Um, but again, that can be like a chronic pelvic pain too. But clotting seems to be a, a bigger adenomyosis symptom than an endometriosis symptom. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of crossover between all of them, which makes it very confusing. Gosh, yeah. And I, and I think, I think, as much as that you know a lot, it still seems vague. Like there's still no like guarantee with anything. No, hundred percent until you go inside. Yeah. And 
I guess that's why you're so passionate about there being more research around the condition, um, especially as it can be, it can literally be fatal or life changing for someone. I asked my followers if they had any questions for you, um, and someone said, "What do you? How do you stay positive? Because you're a model, right?" And obviously endo is going to make you feel at, well, I don't know how it makes you feel. I'm just assuming because, you know, it's painful. You've now had operations. It can make you feel, I don't know, uncomfortable. You tell me, how does it make you feel and how do you stay positive when you're modeling? So how do I stay positive? Um, Staying active really helps me, Um, definitely gives me the endorphin boost that I need regularly. I think when I was in the early stages of recovering from surgery, I just felt pretty miserable all the time. And you also, you know, my because I'm not active, my body is changing. I've got these new scars and I'm wondering, you know, how permanent are they going to be? But with like the modeling and things like that, to be fair, the modeling, it, it looks like it's a huge, huge part of my life. And actually it's something I'm lucky to do a few times a year. And I absolutely love it because I've been with Kirby Kate for so long. And I think just having the opportunities just kind of keeps me happy and um, loving it. The only downside to shoots is most of the time uh, the gluten-free snacks are very low. So the chances of oh. me having a mini flare up, very high because I will sacrifice <laughs> myself for a donut from time to Good. time. But I think staying connected with people because I have my endo page separately because not everyone in my life wants to know about my health stuff all the time. There is an audience for everything, I guess. And having that page and this whole community of people that are going through it with me, that's been like a really great release. But it's also been Mm. it's been yes, it's been like therapy for me, but also. I've messaged so many people trying to help them like when they're asking questions saying what what should I do and I'll try to give them the tools that I know best I can so we kind of help each other I think without that community you know I wouldn't I wouldn't know how common it is to have to self-catheterize when you have issues with your bladder after endometriosis and because of these people saying that I because I've had to learn how to do that I I feel quite positive about it. My boyfriend was quite sad for me finding out I had to do it. And I said, don't be sad for me. I'm just happy that I don't have to run to A&E if I'm worried about my bladder. I can help mm. myself. So it's, I think it's that, I don't want to say thinking, oh, it could be worse. But I think it's just remembering that the that it's not all bad for me and I'm in mm. control and I have the knowledge and trying to help other people. I think that just kind of keeps me going really. Yeah. And it's that sense of belonging and community and not feeling alone that yeah. like does wonders for your mind, doesn't it? That you know that there's people you can go to when you've got a question or you just want to say like, I'm really struggling with it today because they understand. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and they feel a bit alone, then like follow Lauren's page and also like find out about these communities that you're a part of they sound great and it's true like and and unless you're in that world you don't you're not aware of them but you know you've got to go looking for them if you find out you've got endometriosis like look for these communities because they're out there yeah definitely there's a community for absolutely everything if you're obsessed with there is your hair dryer there's a community of people that love the same hair dryer as you (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy so funny isn't it that's the power of the internet right yeah it's great sometimes how do you manage flare-ups oh the toolkit so many ways of managing a flare-up I've got some favorites um 
So everyone loves a hot water bottle. My favorite hot water bottle is called a UU. You spell that Y-U-Y-U. And it's basically a long, I should have brought it over actually. It's a long hot water bottle with a strap. So you just literally tie it around your waist. And I'm literally walking around the house with a hot water bottle tied to me. It's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, it's very good. Um, There's also a company called BU. And they do these amazing patches. They look like big plasters, maybe like the size of two hands or something like that. Um, Huge plasters. They've got natural ingredients like menthol, eucalyptus, and you just stick it on your belly, go about your day, and it gives you this kind of tingling feeling. And it's like a distraction from the pain. So I wouldn't say I would use it on its own without you know a little painkiller if it was a really bad day like a period day or something like that but day-to-day mini flare-ups it really does help because it just it just gives that sensation that makes you stop thinking about the pain and have something else and the cooling helps as well because obviously information is quite a hot feeling so sometimes adding heat doesn't make you feel better tens machines can be really good as well they're the they the little you, you stick the patches attached to wires and they give you tiny little massaging, like almost like mini jolts, if you like. It's like little vibrating jolts. Um, they can be really good for, I, I use them on like heavy period days because you can just like put it in your pocket and walk around. You could have it buzzing away all day and no one would know. <laughs> CBD is something I don't use, but I've heard good, like a lot of people rely on CBD oil and um, whether that's applying it or taking it. Um, and going to your doctor if your pain meds aren't working go to them I think it it literally took me until a few months ago to realize I could ask for different painkillers I always thought I was stuck with I you know neurofen and paracetamol things like that yeah and actually there's just so many things you can go to the doctor and just ask for so and let them advise what's best for you because in my case where I have one kidney they don't want to give me um anything like ibuprofen, any, anything that's a non-steroidal um, anti-inflammatory because they can be, they could be damaging for kidney. And when you've only got one, you'd kind of want to yeah. keep it at bay. So yeah, there's, um, like, they're my favorite, they're my top ones for sure. Hot baths as well. It's quite similar to like things that help you during your period if you're having a now you've made me think oh my god Connie the fact that you need a hot water bottle and all these things it's true like some people do have no pain for their periods and they go through life pain-free so it's definitely thinking made me think yeah which is which is good like it can be uncomfortable and sometimes you just like I can be a bit of like a bloat (laughs) in the sense that it's like I I really don't like going doctors I try and put it off and just get on with things sometimes it's really necessary so many questions by the way like a lot of people we've talked about it throughout the podcast about like how long does your diagnosis take best way to push for diagnosis I feel like we've covered all of this um like how did you discover you had it like by chance crazy thank god I feel quite lucky (laughs) someone said they're 33 four operations down and in need of operation number five I mean there's people that have been messaging it say like seem a bit disheartened they feel down about it fed up one lady said I have stage four endo I've had two surgeries since giving birth to my son so that's two within two years because she said her son's the same age as Macy. Not sure if she can have another child. Any f- fertility-related answers? I mean, I know you're not a doctor or a specialist, but for these women that are feeling a bit 
disheartened have you got any advice fertility I mean that's a big thing that I think about a lot of the time um I think having your tests um like your AMH test which is the ovarian reserve test um all, all those like what do you call it fertility MOT like tests definitely worth looking into if you know you've got endometriosis I think and you're struggling to try it go get yourself seen to sooner rather than later because I know that I think they yeah. normally tell you wait a year but if you've got a condition that can impact your infertility don't wait it's it's a hard one because I, I I totally get it and it's you you don't know until you try that you're having a problem and I think the tests are a great place to start and also a test for him too because fertility is a two-way thing it's not just yeah, female factor sure. yeah sure. and 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 I think joining communities is it's, it's it's such a great thing to do it's just whether you start a page separately just to be anonymous and just join communities of people some people are anonymous some people like me have got their name and everything all out there for everyone to see but yeah it's very welcoming and there are people going through what you're going through all the time everywhere so yeah you're never alone are you and how you feel or what you're going through okay so just to round up the episode I always ask my guests one piece of advice they would give their younger self so what piece of that advice would you give your younger self Lauren my piece of advice I give my younger self goes back to what you said about being a bloke in terms of your health and it is go to the doctor about a symptom because that was me I didn't I didn't do that I never chased up small problems and you know I that would be something I tell myself don't be don't be afraid to advocate for your health because no yeah. one is going to do it for you it's it's love in your that. hands I love that that's a really important message really really important and I'm gonna take note and I'm gonna use you as inspiration to go to the doctors um, and just get everything checked especially before I try for baby number two I guess it's probably a really good time but thank you so much for sharing. You've, I've learned so much and that's what I wanted. That was my intention. Um, I hope everyone listening um, learned from that and I hope it gives them all the confidence to reach out, go to a doctor's. Like, don't just accept severe period pains every month. You know, there could be something going on there. Um, and like you said, like no one else can get it checked but you. You know, you need to be an advocate for your own health. So I love that. It's a great way to end a really informative podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me, Connie. And also, congratulations. Woo! <laughs> I feel like an idiot every time I, I look at the it. screen and I'm doing this. I'm like, oh my God, it looks like I'm showing off my ring. Oh, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365 day returns.